I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. And I'm Danny Okuye here with... Andrew Gagan. Yes, I'm here too, uh, which is unusual. But look, it's an unusual day, isn't it? Because we've had the big race and the big rates decision too. Absolutely. Um, Maybe, well, I don't know about the race. I don't know whether that went according to plan, but certainly the rates pretty much did, given markets had priced in a better than even chance that we're going to lift and that's what they did. Absolutely and just having a look at the market responses it's really interesting because to a large degree it looks like that 25 basis point hike that we had to four spot three five very much discounted in the market so the SIBO 200 at the moment looks like it's closing down about 14 points to 6,983 or two tenths of a percent and then we have uh, sorry if I said SIBO I meant ASX and this is the SIBO 200 also down by two tenths of a percent and we were just chatting off camera, a lot of the reaction has actually been in the Aussie dollar, which is almost down eight tenths of a percent. So there we go, Andrew. Markets, what do you think they took away from the RBA? Well, it looked like something of a, a dovish hike, didn't it? Because the <laughs> language did change right at the end. You always look for the last paragraph in the RBA statement, yeah, uh, where it was referring to uh, not uh, the possibility of rates hiking, but whether rates need to be hiked yeah. again, depending on the data. Yeah. Markets, I think, interpreting that as maybe they are done. Maybe they are. But what would be unusual, and I was reminded of that just a moment ago, is the fact that typically once they they pause and if they hike, they typically do too. So maybe they're going to break the trend. Anyway, let's check in with our three themes of the day, which, of course, is a less hawkish hike. Well, less hawkish, (laughs) more dovish, but it's a hike either way. Absolutely. So I think we have covered um, the RBA and the hikes all day. So you can catch up with all of those interviews. But I just wanted to highlight James Hardy is reporting second quarter results tomorrow and both Jefferies and Citigroup actually think they're going to surprise to the upside. Which is surprising. It's surprising. It is indeed because housing, well, new starts in the US are still quite... Well, it's all about the US, isn't it, really? That is the market for James Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some cost outs there as well. So that's one for you to keep an eye on tomorrow because we were a little bit thin on the ground when it came to corporate news today. And China, it looks as though the the great thaw. Is the great thaw happening, Well, I don't know. We did see imports increased, exports decrease. So that's not great news. Is exports down about six and a half percent from year earlier in October yeah um, so clearly there's some pressure there and of course um, you know we're seeing what's going on with demand more generally both uh, uh, domestically and also as far as overseas is concerned that comes off those PMI figures yeah so we're still seeing that weakness there yeah uh, in manufacturing have we seen the bottom in China? I don't know. It looks as though it's very, very patchy indeed. But at least we'll be selling our wine, apparently, and well, our beef and maybe our lobsters as well. Yeah, so, you make a good point, of course, because uh, Anthony Albanese in yeah. China at the moment, uh, 
by all accounts, a great meeting with uh, Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping um, and uh, and also uh, from the Premier as well, who described Anthony Albanese as a good-looking boy, which I don't know. I think the interpretation of Chinese may have, they may have got it wrong, but that's essentially what he said. Well, clearly they like him. There we go. So we'll take it. When I was referring to a thawing, I was obviously referring to the fact that we have had a thawing between China and also Australia. And also, it's interesting, Xi Jinping is actually going over to the United States too. So... Just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's check in with some of the sectors and uh, have a look at the banks, which were obviously, they were all positive yesterday, but profit taking coming in here today, particularly with Westpac, a couple of downgrades there, but largely due to the fact that you have seen a strong share price performance. Commonwealth Bank holding up uh, the most. Yeah. Checking out tech. Um, look, Largely positive, as you can see there, reflected with some of the biggies there, Wise Tech and Zero. Mm. Certainly, up. Uh, Block, of course, went uh, ballistic a few days back, but uh, off the back of its results. Uh, and uh, Tech One and Altium following up the lead there. And uh, healthcare, let's have a look at that. And uh, we have actually had good buying coming in yet again, although ResMed a wee bit softer. Cochlear looks like in the larger medtech that they're moving up strongly today. And also on the second page, I think we'll find out that Helios was off to the races. We couldn't track down why. And also ProMedicus up by almost 3%. Hard to buy that stock. It just never comes down. All right, utilities. And uh, let's take a look at that. A little bit of pressure there, but pretty much mixed uh, for those utilities today. And in the REITs, of course, they have been under pressure. And well, that was mixed too, um, essentially. But um, I don't know whether we actually saw a reaction there, particularly off the back of that rate hike. No, not not much of a reaction. Now, let's look at some of the corporate news. And Origin Energy was up by about 1.6% after Institutional Shareholder Services recommended investors to vote in favour of the Brookfield-led consortium's US $10.5 billion bid for the electricity generator. Uh, yeah, so Morgan's downgrading it to hold from ad, uh, posting the uh, 7% decline in FY23 earnings, which was broadly in line with the broker's expectations. Net interest margin there falling by two basis points to 194 due to increased competition offset by the benefit of high interest rates. Yeah, so that was basically Westpac. They slightly downgraded the share price target to $21.58 from $21.61. And uh, just an upgrade from City on Westpac in terms of their price target to $23.60 from $21.00. 80. And uh, let's just have a look too in terms of, we've talked about James Hardy, looks like they are going to have a solid beat tomorrow. They've also got expectation of uh, some cost declines coming through. Uh, interesting to note, Jefferies today have come out with a Goodman Group uh, price target hike of 21% to $26.59. So they thought they were very solid results coming through there. And Karoon Energy, just worth noting that that city have actually initiated coverage on that one with a $3 price target and a buy rating. And of course, the stock went down, didn't it, by 2%. But <laughs> yeah, well, let's get to our stock of the day then. This one, Chrysos, um, ticket code C79. Um, and look, it is mining services. Uh, it's sort of industry technology in the mining sector. Uh, did return from a trading halt. Um, and then dropped into the red. So let's uh, have a listen to what our guests on the call, Rudy Philip Van Dyke and Sean Partners Philip Pepe had to say.
can add it to your portfolio. Don't put too much money in there. Personally, the type of investor I am, I, I have these companies simply on my radar and I give them a little bit more time to prove themselves because there will be downturns and the downturns will show you um, uh, probably the information you need to know if, you, if you're intending to hold those companies for the longer run. Last week's announcement really gives a tick of approval to the technology. So we think, or our analysts think, that that's just the first step. It should win more contracts over time to get to its profitability. And as we've seen, when companies move from loss-making to profit-making, it gets another leg up. So, you know, it sort of fell after the IPO. It's back above IPO mm. price now. It's back at the issue price um, overnight. Again, we've been trading for a couple of hours. Uh, but for those who like technology uh, that's in old-school mining, gold mining, this is the way of the future. It's backed by the CSIRO, so we like what they're doing. We like the company on behalf of my colleague who can't publish for a few days. I suspect we're still going to like it um, post the raise, and yeah, we like it. We, we call it mm. a buy. I think it's a buy. There we go. That's uh, well, a buy from Philip there, and also getting the view on Rudy on Chrysos Corporation. All right, well, let's get to it. News of the day. Mark Gardner joining us now from MPC Markets. Mark, uh, you're making the point that you haven't seen a Melbourne Cup for 25 years because a rates decision is much more exciting. Well, as, a, <laughs> as an interest rate trader who, who traded short-term interest rates, yeah, it was probably a little bit of a higher priority to uh, be sitting in front of my computer trading uh, as opposed to being at the Melbourne Cup. And uh, and I don't seem to have a hell of a lot of luck with the Melbourne Cup, but uh, to put it in racing terms today, I suppose it was a $1.50 favourite for the RBA to like. So... <laughs> Um, Did you have more luck today, though, with the RBA hug in terms uh, of? Look, we we probably not really. I mean, it's been it was a relatively quiet market overall. We've sort of we've been pretty relieved to see a bounce on those healthcare stocks over the last couple of days. Um, and look, we were, we were long some Aussie dollar leading in, but there was probably a little bit too much chatter prior to the. Um, Prior to the number uh, where everyone was overwhelmingly bullish, and we don't really like to be in crowded positions like that. So, um, but yeah, it's it was a pretty it was a pretty pedestrian day. I'm used to very quiet markets, um, you know, on Melbourne Cup Day, but it's, you can catch up on a few things. Well, it's so, pretty amazing. You mentioned the Aussie dollar; that fall has been precipitous um, yeah, since there, like an initial bounce, and then it's been down ever since. Yeah. yeah, look, I mean, you can't really expect a reaction, you know, in in favour when. You know, when the odds are a dollar fifty overall, like if it was that expected, and I think the RBA overall, it, they would have been, you know, new governor. When we, we've seen this a hundred times in companies that get new management, um, it's really easy to make the hard decisions when you've just taken over because you yeah. can either blame it on previous management or you're yeah. a hero for making the change. So I think it was a it was a no brain that they went today, which because. A, um, after the beating that the previous governor got in the press, um, I don't think they want to be. They probably don't want to be doing a Christmas hike unless they absolutely have to. Um, and if they left out today and had another higher um, inflation monthly inflation number, well, then they were kind of cornered. So it made a lot of sense, um, you know, to go go today. And then look, if they really need to go in December, they need to go in December. But um, you know, it's, we uh, we've had some pretty strong numbers, strong inflation numbers. People. I mean, if people want to, if people want interest rates to stop going up, they've got to stop spending. Yeah. Basically, like have you told your kids that? Um, yes. No, no. I've got three, <laughs> three or four birthdays in the next month, so um, leading into Christmas. So it's a, it's an expensive time of year for well, us. Let's face it, those the, that cohort, those households that don't have debt, 
they're still spending at the moment. It's well, that's kind of right. really felt among the renters and the and those with a mortgage, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But um, I mean, it. Um Look, it's the numbers are still pretty strong. The unemployment rates is sub four percent. I mean, we, you know, we've got to be very careful and in historical context to to start whinging too soon because mm. you know everyone's still got a job and mm. um, you know we just you know, people are going to get used to uh, making sacrifices and we, which you know the last ten years where it was just a flood of money. Mm. Or, um, yeah, it takes a lot, doesn't it, to wind back all that behaviour that you know people got flooded with a whole lot of cash, mm. didn't they? And lock Lockdowns and everybody got into the habit of buying, and it, it takes humans. And then it was a solved lot a lot faster, I think, than people people yeah. thought it would be. Yeah. And and you can't really criticise a government for for flushing stimulus um, into it in the face of a pandemic because yeah. they weren't they, at the time they didn't know how it was going to pan out. So, but we do have to unwind it, and you know, every economic economic cycles are supposed to have a period of of at least contraction and, and a little bit of pain. So. It's just it's just the way things work. We mm. can't have endless we can't have endless growth and everyone be happy. So, um, so yeah, to what certain politicians would love. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and hence the hence this continuous conflict between fiscal policy and monetary policy. Yeah. I mean, if I think if the governments even in the US and here particularly had been more responsible with their and with their fiscal uh, fiscal discipline, we probably wouldn't need these rate hikes. And they they're hitting a really targeted and specific part of the market. Um, so I, I think uh, you know a little bit more um, you know un- of a united front from you know fiscal and monetary um, policy areas would probably solve this problem a hell of a lot quicker than just the blunt sledgehammer of monetary policy. So, oh, sorry, I was just going to ask um, in terms of the US, do you think now we've seen peak? Yields over there. I mean, on Friday the jobs data was pretty soft. Um, yeah. The bond market they had to probably there was a lot of unwinding of shorts last week, which mm. may have distorted things. But nevertheless, we in for the we've seen the peak. Uh, look, I think for the for the actual headline FMC benchmark rate, it, it's quite possible. Um, with bond yields, I, I think it's a lot more to do with. I mean, they've got to issue basically a trillion dollars a quarter in, you know, in T bills to maintain the debt. They've got to issue more debt to pay off the debt, you know, that they've got. They're, that again, it's that un, it's that irresponsible um, fiscal um, policies, and we're going into an election year in the did US. You hear so Stanley Druckenmiller, did you listen to his? <clears throat> his no, speech? there was Paul, Paul Tudor Jones had a very similar thing, and it's just you know when the market's nearly already full um, and essentially what's going to have to happen, if they keep issuing and issuing and issuing, investors are going to start asking for a higher rate and I think that's just going to underpin it. And they're obviously unwinding um, QE as well. So, I mean, it's, it's not... I don't think we should necessarily be paying as much attention to what the Fed's going to do in terms of the benchmark rate, but yeah. possibly be watching that quantitative tightening and, and, and really the, the government over there has got to get... It's got to get its act together. Like mm. it, it cannot just and, and with an election year coming up, it's highly unlikely it's going to be next year it's because there'll be promises made. But um, they did, they can't keep rolling into lockdown, you know, and did government shutdowns into debt ceilings into in, continuously. It's just not. They're they're just kicking the can down the road to a greater. Well, point. that might be wishful thinking. The Republicans seem intent on brinkmanship. Mark, where <laughs> uh, do you see equity markets going at the moment? The perception really that um, Australia is about six months behind the US certainly. With with its rates policy, um, given we've seen the bounce recently in the equity market in the States, are we likely to be an underperformer on our equity market, do you think, now? We've already, we've already underperformed quite significantly. Um, 
I think, you know, rates would higher for longer. I think equity markets probably sideways for longer. Mm. Um, and, I, and, a bit, and I think in there, you've probably got to, you've probably got to include a, a little bit of a risk factor that you know, regional banks um, were, were the weakest sector last night in the US. And um, there's, there's sort of cracks starting to show in deposit levels. Um, obviously, and credit card debt's going up over there and defaults are starting to go up. So and they're, they're not really, because no one's moving off their 30-year mortgage so you've locked in all these people that have locked in these fantastic mm. one and two percent rates. No one's moving because they can't afford to move because the rate is now thirty-year highs in a mortgage rate. So essentially, they're not. These banks are not making that extra nim. They're actually, and particularly if they're unhedged, they're they're actually going backwards. So I I'd be worried about potentially another you know another regional bank or a geopolitical situation causing a bit of a panic. But I don't really see any. Any dramatic need. I mean, everyone rejoiced the softer number in the US, but there's always a very narrow window for, you know, bad news is good news because yeah. bad news becomes bad news very quickly. Yeah. It'll only take one or two months where they go, oh, actually, that's three down payrolls in a row. Maybe we're starting to get into a bit of trouble here that markets might start to turn. So, I think, yeah, it's just still. There's some really good short-term players out there with the things like uranium. Um, you, obviously, lithium's been moving around, but there's been there's been various bounces. There's been good corporate earnings from a few. So I think you can probably be, if you're a little bit active, I think you can probably chip away on some pretty high percentage plays. Um, but I still think you need to be pretty cautious from a broad um, standpoint, probably into the early so next year. So Santa's rally might not be so uh, exuberant this year? Oh, look, it happens 71% of the time. Um, so and, and 30% it doesn't... <laughs> Well, yeah. And, and Mark is a betting man, as we know. So. <laughs> the uh, words of Anchorman, 70% of the time, it happens every time. Um, but look, it, 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 will, it will obviously depend. You, these things are really hard to predict if, you know, yeah. if cracks start to show. And, but I just think caution caution is definitely warranted, but there's still, there are still small, you know, short-term opportunities out there. I just think you need to be agile. Oh, fair All enough. Right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Mark Gardner Cheers. from MPC Markets. So let's have a look at the market leaders today and uh, check out which stocks were moving and shaking. Now, Imogene, they had some news out today. Um, they had, oh, actually, no, they've got an update, which is coming out tomorrow morning, I think, Andrew. Yep. Um, either way, the market's liking it, so it, it's up around 27%. Helios also doing very well today, and uh, some in the resource sector led by Lake Resources. Exactly. Let's have a look at the laggards and see what is happening there. Chalice Mining off by 5%, as uh, Sayona also similar. Uh, well, it's all in the lithium sector, yeah, isn't it? Well, that, uh, they're among back, the top losers today. Yeah, lithium being sold off again. And let's have a look at the small caps. Imogen, there we go, out in front, up 27%, and Walkabout Resources, up 10%. Let's have a look at the laggards in the small caps. Uh, Aurelia Metals, off by nine. Bow and Coal, off by nine. Oh, Bougainville Copper, gosh, you don't hear that one very often, do you? Off also by almost 9%. Okay. What's on overnight? Let's yeah, have look, a look, we're a bit light, but uh, look, we do out of the US, we do have a trade balance and also some uh, consumer credit data. That'll be interesting just to see where that's travelling at the moment. And just in terms of earnings, what well, does continue stateside? eBay, Uber, Occidental, 
and Devon Energy. Yeah, and uh, tomorrow, my gosh, we've had such a build-up into the RBA meeting, but we've got uh, Eurozone retail sales for September. We've got some AGMs, Orcombe, Breville, Domain and Magellan. Magellan will be interesting. And Zero. Oh, I didn't realise Zero's reporting as well as James Hardy. Interesting. And ResMed going ex-dividend. So let's have a final check on the markets before... Actually, no, let's do registrations are now open. Yeah for our next virtual investor well, event. Well, that's small caps, isn't that? That's what we're talking about. Small caps, big ideas. It is back this year and bigger and better, also faster too. Now, if you weren't a subscriber in previous years, we do bring together 10 of Australia's leading small cap fund managers to present one high conviction idea. And this year, we're throwing in a Fast and Furious special edition of The Call featuring micro caps chosen by you. Um, so, yes, yep. register by... Oh, register at ausbiz.co slash smallcaps23. That's ausbiz.co slash smallcaps23. So try again. Let's uh, have a check-in on the market. SIBO 200, let's have a look. The ASX 200 is down almost three-tenths of a percent. That's about 20 points, 6,977. And the SIBO off by... uh, Yes, a fifth, absolutely. And look at that, the Aussie dollar off by eight-tenths of a percent, 64. All right, it's been an exciting day. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you're just recoiling in the lounge at the moment. Either way, <laughs> thanks for watching and listening to us. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Have a good evening. Mm-hmm.